Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Asset Allocation Weekly Report for December 10th, 2021. The emergence of the COVID-19 variant Omicron appears to have changed inflation expectations at the Fed and gave the financial markets quite a jolt as well when the news came out. Confluence Investment Management Chief Market Strategist Bill O'Grady joins us today to discuss what may be the reasoning behind Fed Chairman Powell's change of heart and the possible impact on investors. Bill, what is Fed Chairman Powell saying about inflation now that he didn't say before? Chair Powell made notable changes to the Fed's reaction function over the past two years. First, the Fed moved away from a a 2% target on core PCE deflator to a regime of average inflation targeting. Second, he said he planned to emphasize the labor market element of the Fed's mandate, which has mostly been ignored since Paul Volcker. His decision to suggest the Fed may need to tighten policy due to inflation suggests that inflation has reached a critical level, although it isn't exactly obvious that the inflation rate has reached a level of concern. It looks to us that Powell has discerned that inflation has become a political issue and thus is shifting the focus of policy back on addressing inflation. So yes, it it looks like we've had a shift in policy focus. And this has an impact because if the Fed chairman expects longer-term inflation, investors will as well. And expectations on the inflation front tend to become reality. Well, that's exactly how Fed officials frame the argument. Personally, I think it misses the point. If economic actors believe their currency is being debased, they will try to find assets that will be a better store of value. If that store of value isn't money, it might be goods, and that has an inflation element. Wouldn't Omicron actually uh, tend to slow the economy, thus putting a lid on inflation? Well, it might. But as Cleveland Fed President Loretta Meester suggested last week, another bout of infections could disrupt supply chains and thus trigger higher prices. You suggest, Bill, uh, in your written piece that other factors and evidence may be influencing Powell as well. And one is the possibility of a more hawkish Fed next year. And that's a topic we discussed recently. So is internal politics one reason why the Fed chairman is eliminating the word transitory from his description of inflation? I think that's a key element. There is an unwritten rule that if a Fed chair loses a vote in the FOMC, you should step down. It's like a vote of no confidence. I suspect Powell realizes the voters on the FOMC next year will be rather hawkish, and so rather than lose a vote, he's trying to manage the tightening. I suspect he will try to put off actual rate hikes as long as possible, but this will become increasingly difficult unless inflation moderates. You also point out that there is data-based evidence that is worrying policymakers on the inflation front. Cyclical inflation is rising as opposed to what's called acyclical inflation. What's the source of this evidence? This all comes from the San Francisco Fed. It created a calculation that separates inflation from its cyclical element and acyclical element. Cyclical prices tend to move with the economy. When growth is strong, cyclical prices rise faster. Acyclical prices, on the other hand, are insensitive to economic activity. Well, could you give me some examples of cyclical inflation as opposed to acyclical inflation? Sure. Cyclical categories include housing, 
recreational services, food services, and many non-durable goods. Acyclical categories include health care, financial services, clothing, and transportation. Monetary policy can usually affect cyclical inflation. Raising rates, for example, will slow economic growth and bring down prices of cyclical goods and services. However, monetary policy probably can affect acyclical inflation. Thus, policymakers should focus on inflation that they can affect, which is cyclical inflation. Can you say that it's a main concern of the Fed that workers are not returning quickly enough to fill job openings with the result that it might take longer than expected for the labor market to return to pre-COVID conditions and wage inflation might be here to stay? That is the great unknown. The labor force is currently two and a half million jobs below its previous peak. Now, if the labor force is permanently reduced due to retirements, people leaving the workforce, etc., then we may actually be near full employment. However, history shows that the labor force has grown by an average of 1.4% per year in the post-war era. Thus, it would seem a bit premature to assume that we have run out of workers. But it does look like it will take higher wages to bring that labor force back to its earlier peak. Bill, are there any data points or economic trends which are sending an anti-inflation message? Well, most of the inflation that we are seeing is coming from goods and not services. That would suggest that supply chain issues are the concern. The ISM manufacturing report suggests some modest improvement in inventories and supply performance, which, if it continues, would likely mean that inventories will rise and prices will decline. And most obviously, the sharp drop in oil prices should ease inflation in the coming months. Will the Fed be less likely to raise rates if COVID news continues to generate large swings in financial markets? Yes. There's evidence that the Fed avoids tightening when financial stress is elevated, specifically when the 12-week average of the VIX, which measures volatility in equities, is above 20. The FOMC tends to avoid policy tightening. Well, circling back around, the Fed chairman no longer describes inflation as transitory. How about you? Have you changed your opinion on inflation and when investors should expect rate hikes? No, I haven't. Transitory, unfortunately, was a terrible choice of words because it suggested a short bout of inflation that seemed to be interpreted by the markets as a couple of months. But we don't think inflation will be above 5% all that much longer. We, we expect inflation will remain elevated till about the middle of next year, and we don't expect the Fed to actually hike interest rates till early 2023. What about the risk, though, that the Fed may overreact and take the wind out of the expansion? Is this a rising risk? Yeah, I'm particularly worried about this risk. As we stated in a previous podcast, the composition of the FOMC will be quite hawkish in 2022, and I have doubts that Chair Powell has the economic gravitas to sway the committee to avoid tightening. I think that slowing inflation by mid-year will probably keep the Fed from raising rates next year, but next year's FOMC will be prone to tightening faster than the current committee. We also want to note, and actually be the topic of next week's asset allocation report, that the yield curve has been flattening rapidly, and that would suggest the financial markets are concluding that the likelihood of a policy mistake is elevated. Any particular advice for investors today? Well, stay tuned. Overall, we remain bullish on the economy and equities, but in the coming months, we'll be watching to see if policymakers err to the side of tightening and rush to end this expansion.
Thank you, Bill. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler.